When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Turnbuckles. I'm John Reinman. My most regrettable shirt was a bare naked ladies t-shirt that says I heart the ladies, which is hugely problematic anywhere but a bare naked ladies concert. I'm Tommy Rico and my most regrettable shirt was a satin button down with embroidered paisley because I thought it made me look like The Rock, but instead it made me look like a Spencer Gifts. I'm Julie Harrison Harney, and I'm going to skip shirts because did you guys hear the rumor that Roman Reigns might be going to AEW? I heard it on Hacks this week. Oh, shout out to Jen Statsky. But now (laughs) it's time for the Raw Recap. Raw Recap. Every week, let me preface this by saying I've had some fun with Seth Rollins' outfits. I'd like to say it's all in good fun. Sometimes it's not. I really think they're dumb. I'm just going to be honest. It's just, I don't. You know, it's funny. In high school, I was that kid that always wore the Hawaiian shirts. I was a luau man. That was my gimmick in high school. And then Julie, uh, even in the office at Fallon, I had some some interesting shirts. And you I had did. Some fun, some fun t-shirts, some graphic it. tees yeah. we wear the, at the uh, staff outings and things. But I've just gotten to a point, I don't know if it's when you're like your late 30s, when you're just like, man, just shut up when it comes to dressing. Or di- Why are you dressed like a Batman villain? And I've had it. It's ridiculous. I said to you last night, Seth's wearing, uh, he's disguised himself as a plant that also works at Howard Johnson's, I guess, with his weird orange button-up shirt. So I'm angry to begin with. And then you say, that's that's not the, the most tragic fashion faux pas we've had of the evening. And I went back and I, because I was watching it piecemeal, and uh, I'll, I'll let you take it from here. Big Time Bex was paying homage to Jerry Seinfeld uh, is what I think based on the shirt she that was she was 17 year old. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, oh okay. no. What too true. Oh no. Yeah, now he no. won't invite me to his house anymore. No more oh, eyes true. wide shut parties out, out in the Hamptons. Anyway, it's, a, we're, this is just getting started. It <laughs> is. is gonna, it's going to be a bumpy ride. This, this might be John's the week we go. get discovered, but not in a good way. But anyway, I will say the puffy shirt. She wanted to be a pirate. Jerry didn't want to be a pirate, but she, I think, fully embraced wanting to be a pirate. The puffy shirt is what I mean. It looked so much in time for WrestleMania two years ago. That's true. At Tampa Bay when I was on a pirate ship. Good, good thinking. I mean, if you look at the side by side stills. It is literally almost an exact replica of the puffy shirt, which, by the way, I never thought in my wildest dreams we would be having a conversation about the Seinfeld puffy puffy shirt in 2022. Um, Yeah, he was on the Today Show in that episode, right? That's right. Talking to Bryant Gumbel. Yep. But I don't want to be a pirate. Who came after Bryant Gumbel? For some reason, when I look on Peacock, I can't find him anywhere. Anyway, I... uh, yeah, I did. She mention it in her like I tried to watch it, but I was just going no, 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 no reference to it, it whatsoever, which made it, was, it much funnier. Yeah, it was so glaringly similar to the puffy shirt that I like, just yeah. So she's just in, so in the promo, she actually mentions the uh, green mist that is still in her red hair, which was a really cool little detail. So that gets a mention. Puffy shirt, nothing, and Wait, everybody no sells it. But then I say to myself. Are you one of those weirdos that are you one of are she one of those celebrities now that's like I don't I only bathe twice a month cuz <laughs> I was on that 70s show or whatever the crap it is <laughs> Cuz that's I mean, what I would say like that's my problem with like you know I didn't understand when Freddie Prince Jr who by the way we'd still love to talk to or or go talk to him uh to those who who might be able to help us make that happen um when Freddie Prince Jr. talked about he wanted to start a promotion based in reality, I was like, what the hell does that mean? I was like, what does based in reality mean? And because, you know, and then I when I hear a line like I still have green mist in my hair from a week ago, I go, OK, at that point, you seem to be more disturbing than the green mist person at that point. 
<laughs> How are you well, living your life? I mean, I'm sorry. Like, if someone walks into a bird feeder and the seed gets in their hair, and you see them like a like a week later at a barbecue, and there's still bird seed in their head, and you go, "Did you do it again?" And they go, "No, nah, it's from the time you saw me do it." You take them to the hospital. Like something's wrong with that person. So, I guess like, in the real that, in the realistic promotion, instead of spitting green mist, you would spit Sierra mist at your opponent. And by the way, <laughs> no better soda to spit than it's Sierra not even mist. Sprite. It's not even. It's not even Sprite. That's it's right. not even Sprite or Seven Up. It's, it's such Sierra a good sponsorship mist. opportunity. That is a missed. That's a missed revenue stream for WWE. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a missed like opportunity. A missed, it really a missed is. Revenue stream. <laughs> a revenue stream of mist. Mm, it'll be a revenue um, mist. Here's here here's my the conclusion I can come to is that. Uh, Seth and Becky uh, have a lair. They, they're heels, so they don't have a home. They have a lair. And their lair <laughs> is somewhere. It's in an abandoned Spirit Halloween. That's the only thing that I can think of. Is they, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, by the way, I, I'm, I was surprised you didn't an like Seth's outfit. Spirit Halloween? Yes. God, how unlucky is that retail space? <laughs> it's cursed. It's not, it's not you know, bad enough that the Sears who used to be there, even the Spirit Halloween got replaced. God, how bad is this economy, folks? Spirit only goes into old Sears's and old Borders books. Um, so, I mean, you didn't like the the uh, Seth freaking pumpkins outfit. You didn't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he got dressed in the dark. Like it, we got him and Tom Hanks in an elevator and see oh who can goodness. freak us all out the most. Like so, it was a bright orange shirt and bright orange shoes. Oh, just but uh, no oh orange in the suit at all. So no. nothing to tie it together. Just bizarre. I liked the puffy shirt more, to be honest. But I'm just thinking to myself. Ah, oh man, like is this going to be a thing? Like when? See, I we'll get to this later. But I know that for a long time, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H were were big uh, the the faces of perhaps opening a museum and an actual physical hall of fame. They had that whole reality series on A&E, which was ex- excellent last summer. I thought about finding memorabilia. They did some great work over yeah. there and please don't make this a wing. I don't want a wing of all Seth and Becky's. It's going to be though, right? Like if they ever open it up, that's totally what they're doing. The next Met Gala is going to be. <laughs> you know, that is true. <laughs> no one at the Met Gala dresses as crazy. As no. Seth freaking Rollins. It's true. It's true. Not he, one person. He's crazier them. than all of them. Yep. Yep. But here's, but here's my follow-up question. And this is, uh, again, something we're going to come to later in, because it is in the branding department. Why are you dressing Seth up like this and all these crazy outfits, but he never goes on anything except Monday Night Raw? How does that work? How does that market to people? How does that get anyone's attention? Why is he not on the Today Show? Why is he not on Kelly and Ryan? Why is he not going on? Why, why is the only thing he does is go on the last place late night show and uh, stomp a turkey or whatever the hell he did? Why is he not in a fashion show? Why, why was Bray Wyatt never on a late night show? Like, yeah. see, that's my question is like, why do you go to all this effort to create this, this, this interesting dynamic uh, presentation? And then it, at the end of the day, it's all wrestling. You're all, oh, you got to kayfabe everything. And it's all behind the scenes. What's the point? Just, you know what? Go back to the, like, three years ago where everyone had a beard and black, long black hair and they all look the same. Same difference. If it's, that's my problem with the outfits is just, but we, we, I was, I will say that I was disappointed in, in Becky because I usually think she is, uh, is, is pretty awesome when it comes to fashion. Except for the sunglasses that make you look, you know, it's like you just had laser surgery or something. But everything else, it was I a think weird she's... week for Becky because, again, she's almost always on point. And this week, she actually used glasses she's worn before the Daft Punk <gasps> classic. I noticed that. And, and, uh, she, think wrestled she was in, the Daft in an Punk outfit people? that she's wrestled in before and the puffy shirt. So it was kind of a weird week for Becky. I, I had to check, by the way, when, so when she was wearing that shirt, the first thing I reached for was Google to see if it was indeed Talk Jerry, Like a Pirate Day. That's, and oh. it was not. It, it was not. That okay, that cool. is actually, that's September 19th. Okay. Uh, but while I found that, I found a useful list of pirate terms. And I don't oh, know great. if you guys want me to read them off like we did with the, yes, the uh, WWE band terms. <laughs> but Tommy, here's the thing. I want so you to I'm, go ahead and give me the, all the approved pirate terms. 
So, pirate phrases for September 19th. Uh, talk like a pirate day. Which Becky was getting ship. ready for on May 23rd. Yes, exactly. Well, you got to get a sense. few weeks in. But hey, they were getting ready for a spirit Halloween popping up in a month or two with the, with the outfits. All right, here we go. Pirate phrases. Abandon ship. Ahoy. Avast ye. Aye, aye. Batten down the hatches. Booty. Bounty. Briny deep. Carouser. Chanty. Clap of thunder. That's a shot. Like taking a shot drink. Davy Jones's locker. Dead men tell no tales. Doubloons. Fire in the hole. That's also about alcohol. Grog. Hang sure? the jib. Hearties. Hornswoggle. Jolly Wait, did you Roger. Say fire in the hole Hearties? Because that makes sense. <laughs> Landlubber. Loot. Marooned. Me. Old salt. Plunder. Run a pig. I'm sorry. Run a rig. Okay. Scallywag. Scurvy. We'll sea dog. Shiver phrases. me timbers. Sink me. Son of a biscuit eater. Thar she blows. Three sheets to the wind. Walk the plank. Wench. And yo-ho-ho. Many I'm of sorry. which could were probably also applicable to the last week in WWE. I oh, heard a few in there, and I was like, eater. "Oh yeah, that's that's what happened." That's son of a biscuit eater ne- needs to make a comeback. That is that is right there, ladies and gentlemen. Son, Do you remember and, the pirate? By the way, run a rig. Run a rig is to play a prank on someone. That's playing a little practical joke. Run sure. a rig. Oh, so they rigged. Yeah. So do you think there's a podcast? Do you think that like a like a certain pirate has a podcast <laughs> with a guy from the south? And he's like, all right, oh, I'm going to tell you about the, the funniest rig I ever played on someone when I was a pirate back in my day. Yep. Let me tell you right now, Jim Ross, he didn't sell his rig. So that's why we had to go get back and get him again. And the, Jeff, and the podcast uh, will be four hours you, long. Are you happy, though, John, that uh, the mist got overturned? Do you think they heard you when you said you were really frustrated that the mist? Yes, I'm sure they were listening to me. <laughs> that's the reason, Becky. Becky, if I think heard your argument. Yes, I'm sure that from a distance in New Hampshire, they're now listening to me. When I was there in the room and I said, hey, why is our top baby face openly whimpering about being scared of the fiend? And everyone said, yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. I'm sure now they're listening to me about the mist. But I did like, and I said this to you, <laughs> that when Becky came out in the statistics on the sidebar, it said, was to, uh, last week, Lost to Asuka and her mist. <laughs> now that's a missed yeah. opportunity. That, is, that was that was good. That was very good. You know, but hey, for real though, like I, if you said that in the room, he would totally pop for that. Vince would totally be like, missed opportunity. Yeah. And then everyone, and then like every, they'd give it to Jerry Lawler to use as a joke. And then it would somehow turn into like a Viagra joke. <laughs> And be like, that's not what we met. I go to commercial. I got my book of all my my gross jokes right here. We know, Jerry. We're good. You know, I I pitched him some jokes when I worked there. Did you really? He got very insulted. Yeah. He was very upset. Why was he insulted? Like, who's this punk telling me how to? And then Paul told him who I was. Because he bought his joke book in 1912 and he doesn't want (laughs) it. That investment lasts a lifetime. And then he got, and then he was uh, talking to us all day at TV because he felt like paranoid that oh. he was not going to, we were going to take him off. Oh, and then I got in even more kind of trouble because like Paul had to like tell, like assure him. But in reality, we were taking him off. Oh, jeez. Like, Jerry was coming off the next week. Oh, so no. he was like, you've got me in quite a bind with Jerry Lawler, Mr. <laughs> Reinman. I was like, okay, well, it all works out. Um, so anyway. Becky's well, shirt. He, he shouldn't have been leafing through his big book of Polish jokes while he was at the meeting. Oh, I got some good ones. <laughs> uh, hey, it's a turnbuckle. It's on a pole. Hey, speaking of poles, <laughs> no, that that is a you just, that was a two step run up, Joe. You, you, no, you got to go back. You As skipped a Polish the base person there, offended. You skipped second base on that one. Oh gosh, I'm not even going to go there. Yes. I do have a couple of fashion things that I just want to touch on um, because. I admire uh, uh, Becky and uh, Seth Rollins for taking risks in the fashion world. And I just want to talk about a few fashion hits that I thought happened this week. Um, the first, I'd like to actually start with Byron, who who was mixing patterns. I really like the stripes and the plaid. It was bold, and I'm very here for it. 
edge. He had this touch of embroidery on his suit. That was a touch of per perfection, and I want more of that. The Miz, he had the yellow, the jacket, the hood. The entire look was flawless. But the winner, ladies and gentlemen, with the best use of accessory, goes to Seth freaking Rollins with Cody Rhodes' belt. He made that belt work for him. And what is fashion if not leaving your stylistic mark on the world? Or in this case, Cody Rhodes. Well, there you go. Thank you. Well, you know the old saying, take control of the belt and make it work for you. <laughs> the only time you could say belt and not get yelled at, not get called to gorilla. This was truly you know, the only time. In the time. office right now, this is like big news. This is like getting a new pinball machine. They're all just like, like everyone's like belt. We could say belt. We could say belt. All the time. <laughs> I know. I felt like the I felt like the commentary was using the word belt a lot more than it needed to to get over the situation. But wait till they hear about missed opportunity. They, <laughs> they go crazy. We got a yeah. we got a missed pun, and we we can say belt now. By the way, that was a really good segment on Raw. Uh, everything Cody touches is great right now, and uh, Miz is always always oh, solid. The Miz. Miz, by the way. Always looks good. Great outfits, Just, great presentation. Yep. And he and he always looks like Miz. That's another thing. Kind of muddled uh, outfits and muddled fashion changes don't help a performer. But he knows what he looks good in. He has kind of kept to a uniform, but changes it up all the time. He always looks great. And I loved the end of that match. And then the babyface move of slowly making it over to the child that Seth Rollins stole your weight belt from and whipped you across the back with it. To hand the belt back over. Oh, it was just amazing. Just great drama. The kid was like, guess yeah, what? He didn't sell. And whipped him five more times. <laughs> yeah. Now that's an angle. Why aren't they doing that? That would be great. Actually, well, never awesome. with a, that's how you take it an extra step. Oh, you never man. work with a child actor. Do we think it was a legit fan, a legit child fan, or do we think that it was a plant by WWE or someone they talked to in advance? Someone they no, talked somebody to smartened them up. Yeah, somebody smartened about for sure. But I think it was a fan. I was I think it was a fan and they laid it out. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I think the kid was okay with it. Yeah. Well, you got, okay. you, got you get to be on TV. Again, this kid didn't sell enough. Like well, you either said. that or he's going to be the tag team champion with someone next week. Oh, yeah. Remember that whole thing? Oh, God. Oh, okay. Time for a little story time. That was Ooh. Braun Strowman, right? Yes, it was. Do you Braun know who Strowman you know and a child. Was supposed to be? The Jimmy tag Fallon. team partner? Jimmy Fallon. Ooh. Oh boy! Are you serious? Uh, I did not know this Jimmy one. Fallon, Jimmy was going to host WrestleMania. Yeah, he's going to do a program with Braun. And they substituted so. him for a child. Um. Well, uh, our guy didn't always give a, a, a giant heads up oh. when he decided not to do something, oh. and so I think they probably did the best they could in the moment. Was you that know, a rib? Had there been other. I think that, you know, in fairness, I think had Heyman or Pritchard or some of those people um, been involved at the time, especially Bruce, who's who's used to things just blowing up in your face. Um, probably they would have had a different plan. But yeah, Jimmy was supposed to do, work an angle with Braun. And there's a part two to that. But um, maybe for another day, maybe for another day when I know we have the income to cover the lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share. Tom knows what it is. You know what it is, I'm talking about, right? Yeah, like, that one I know. Yeah. I didn't know this. There was though. an original plan that Jimmy and someone else uh, brought, and they were about to pitch to WWE involving Braun. And um, yeah, my eyeballs came out of my skull. Oh. Because I was like, okay, that's like probably, we'll, we'll talk about it for another day. But yeah, okay. that was the original yeah. plan. So that's why I ended up being a kid. Huh. And Jimmy was going to be dressed as uh, the, I think the original plan was one of the, one of the road warriors. He was going to have on the, the um, we were going to bring back animal to manage and he was, uh. Jimmy's going to be in the shoulder pads with the spikes and the makeup. And he and I, Jimmy, he being Jimmy, he and I had a conversation about like, could Jimmy go off the top rope and do the doomsday oh, wow. device? And he, and I was like, that, that was the talk was like, is Braun too tall? And then I think I was like, well, Braun, you could sell it by having Braun get down on his knees and have whoever it was up on his shoulders. And then we were, they, Jimmy was like, maybe I could go to the second rope. I was like, yeah. And it would have been awesome. And it would have been viral. And that's why he didn't do it. Um, but hang in there, folks. Next year at WrestleMania, they're going to have a great cartoon poor, ape to host that poor, thing for you. Um, so, <laughs> poor Braun Strowman, by the way. That's almost as bad as the time he had to fight a porta potty. Yeah. Well, we've all fought a porta potty. <laughs> and none of us have won. Nope. 
we're from New England, my friend, and Julie's from the South, so. Yeah. Uh, RK broke up. Oh, my gosh. Do we think they're. No, they're not broken up. Not this way. It, it would Where's be more Randy dramatic. Then? He has a hurt back. I think that's actually legitimate. Okay. That's, yeah, he's been working I mean, hurt. Yeah. I, I, and he's been working a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, nobody's had, I don't think anybody in the veteran circuit has worked more than him in the last six months. Yeah. That, I definitely believe, I definitely believe, can, I need your guys' help though. If only, if only Riddle had, had some access to some stuff that could help him ease that pain. We joke. This matchup, this pairing, it felt random, right? Did I miss something? Did, was this set up on SmackDown or something? The the riddle with the the Street Profits and then Sami Zayn with the Usos? Like, it felt so random <sighs> oh, well, to open Sammy the show Zane, with. So Sami Zayn has been... <laughs> I like this storyline a lot. And I like it because Paul and Sami in real life do not really see eye to eye. So it's really huh. it's always fun. It's always funny to watch people who I know don't get along oh, <laughs> try to um, try to connect. But uh, yeah, there's this thing where Sammy's like trying to be an adopted member of the bloodline on SmackDown. Oh, okay, okay. And it was funny because you could see the. I think Sammy was having fun, but you could see the 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 very real emotion from Paul in trying <laughs> trying to deal with him in that moment. And by the way, Paul's always outstanding on SmackDown, and. Um, and so that's a fun storyline. So yeah, Sammy's trying to get into the bloodline. Got it. Got and it. Like, um, he's legitimately like, the redheaded stepchild of yeah. the bloodline now. Oh, that's funny. I like uh, that. No, it's and it's appropriate. That's what it is. So what's yep. the what's the riddle? Uh, street profits was that just that was that just they needed something? Well, I guess the street profits weren't doing bumper cars with the Viking Raiders <laughs> last night, and I have a, uh, so they I have were available to come actually wrestle. Yeah, I have a theory on that. I think that Street Profits, because they were so harmed by their feud with RK Bro, I think this is them giving a little shine back to the Profits by giving them a little a little riddle magic. Mm. So them together, because you notice the pop wasn't muted. They re- by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed, it looks an awful lot like Rained Montez ups. Ford is packing on some muscle mass. Mm. Like he looks bigger and heavier, and he's lost exactly no speed and no athleticism he so if they he's, go back he's definitely the, pushing for a main event they go back to the performance center you better look out floor outside the ring because he's <laughs> gonna go through you next time if anyone doesn't know what i'm talking about does it julie you were there what happened what was that so there's a very famous club of montez ford and tremendous athlete can we say arguably montez ford may be in my opinion i think he's like the, like when I see Montez really go at it, I think Montez is like the most fascinating athlete. Like maybe Rey Mysterio, just because he's. I think. I think. I think his wife has him by a braid. But, oh, that's uh, true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Wow. What the, a now, family! Though that Jesus. kid, that kid is going to play thirty-five years in the NBA and <laughs> beat up beat up Giannis. Um, but what happened? There's this clip on YouTube. People want to check it out. Just look up Montez Ford botch. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. And he goes flying outside the ring, Montez Ford, over the top rope, and just land, doesn't even hit the mat, lands on the ramp. And it was like, and then they went right to commercial. And I was like, uh, so Julie, you were, what happened? What was he, was someone not in place? Did Montez lose a spot? Like, why did he? Why That's, did he legit go jumping over the top rope and land on the metal, the metallic ramp? And that's a good. I have to go back the crap and, out of everybody. Yeah, I have to go back and watch the context of it because it's not coming to mind right now. I don't. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. Okay. I mean, I he, he his Superman, his Superman leap alone, which he does in every match, is just ridiculous. I mean, he goes flying over the top rope just on a hop, and then put, puts his fist forward. Manages not to break his arm by just retracting it as he lands on the performers on the outside of the ring. Just insanely athletic and so entertaining. I still hope they join uh, the Judgment Day. I think that'd be awesome. Oh, I'd like to see the. I'd like to see a, an evil Street Profits. Well, huh. nobody joined this week. What the hell was that? There was. They came out and cut a promo, and there's no new member. That's embarrassing. It's kind of like when the Macho Man came to your gym, right? Yes. Maybe it was well, rainy at the arena and not a lot of people <laughs> showed up. <laughs> Damien, like, Damien Priest's gotta, all rise, though, is 
probably my favorite thing to come out of the Judgment Day. Yeah, he hit all four corners with it, too. He noticed that the first time it didn't get the proper reaction, so he, he hit every side of the ring. That's the best thing. I want a shirt that says All Rise. You can, you can just hear the dollars every time he says it. I'm just like, that's We'll work money. that into a, an upcoming sponsor, All Rise. But we'll get there when we, we'll get, there when we get there. Another, get another missed there. opportunity, All Rise. <laughs> so, we are making oh, money for <laughs> WWE. Yeah, now, see, exactly. that's the kind of missed opportunity joke Jerry Lawler would make. <laughs> oh, speaking of mist, I got okay. That's we're gonna. With <laughs> 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 King's headsets are bro. I don't know what's going on. Well, so, well, do you think coffee. they're broken up, John? I guess you you asked the question, and I I immediately dismissed I, you, and I don't I, dismiss you. Here's my thing. I, I think it can only go so far before it starts. I don't think. I feel like they're not broken up. Brandy Randy's going to turn on Riddle, and I think, but I think that's going to be an amazing program. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think that'll be It's cool. going to be vintage Randy Orton. And I think it gets, and then we know, you know, Riddle probably will get the best of it and it'll make Riddle an even bigger star. And it'll be another way for them to kind of continue their story. And you know, what's fun is that it's interesting. I'll pose this question to you guys. Randy's a surefire hall of famer. So when Randy oh, yeah. and, and the way Randy's going, cause Randy's just like, he's the Paul Rudd of wrestling. I've said that before. Uh, could be another 10 or 12 years till Randy's finally, in the hall, you know, like, all right, does Riddle is, is Riddle in the discussion now to induct Randy into the hall of fame? Cause he kind of gave Randy like, there's a whole new generation of fans that are into Randy in a different way. Thanks to Riddle. So, yeah, I think that's definitely possible. I did like, so in the segment, uh, Riddle cut a long promo that was good. Um, his promo style is very similar to Rob Van Dam and possibly for the same impairment, but, uh, his promo style is very slow and deliberate riddle, but it was very sincere Mm -hmm. and it, it it was, it made you feel, it made you feel for Randy and his injury. Um, he did turn a little bit like he turned on the anger and it became a little too much eighties. I will destroy you for me. I don't like that. When, whenever a wrestler unnaturally goes into that and I'm going to destroy you. When they get into that, and he was uncomfortable with it because he, he flubbed a bit. Um, I want to see him have that same energy, but realistically, and in saying things that he would say instead of an old 80s promo. But he was really good in that. And as far as Randy goes, I, I think short term, the plan is if Randy's really taking time off, short term, Riddle's going after the belt. So Riddle, Riddle's going after Roman Reigns. Cody Rhodes' belt? And you can say belt now. Yes. Yes, his weight belt. He's going to steal it from that kid from the again. Kid. What? Think of that pop, though. Think of that pop the first time that when Randy's back and ready to come back and the, RK, the, the RKO out of nowhere to riddle. Think of that. Oh, that's going to that's gonna get a huge pop from people. Though there is a problem. Who's going to boo Randy? Who's going to boo Orton right now? Because I, that's think a, Riddle's, I think Riddle's so over and I think he's going to be over enough that it's going to be sort of like a mix of anger. It'll be, it'll just be a pop, a pop. I'm not saying it, it'll just be a big reaction. And that's the fun thing about Randy is that they're probably going to distance and go away, go away, go away. And we'll have this summer run and then it'll be out of nowhere. And then it'll be, and then you have a set easy made storyline, which is, you know, Randy being pissed that, you know, riddle kept going and you know, whatever, but there's so many different ways they can do it. And I love, I just like, I think you could probably get six. I think you could probably get three to six more months out of these two guys working together, which is just fun. And it's fun to see Randy have that another, you know, another chapter. I think we've talked about this privately before, but Riddle has always been, had main event potential. Like since the second he debuted on NXT, you could see it. He well, just had Hulk so Hogan much charisma. says he discovered him. Yeah, well. Hulk, so, so, Hulk Hogan says a lot of things. Granted, uh, Riddle was already signed in the company at the time, but still, <laughs> Hulk discussed. I saw him back in 86, brother. You look you great. You know, like when you go to your friend's house and you go to the chair in the living room and you go, that's a good chair. You should have it. It's already there. That's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> brother, you got to get this Riddle guy. We do. He's in the match with you. Um, well, we all, we liked Riddle. And then this, I, I think it's an accidental partnership that happened with Orton. And it just, it got over and then it got over massively and then it became a thing. And now, but so almost, I mean, happenstance is what it is. Talent eventually. Yeah. Out of broware. 
it at talent eventually will rise to the top. And I think Never with used Riddle, it, it was just a matter of having the right opportunity. Vessel. Yes. Um, so then we have uh, Veer going against Mysterios. <laughs> and I want to ask you guys. Uh, They're going against Lawler. By the way, Jerry the King Lawler did the segment and it looked like he stole something from Seth Rollins' closet. It was like a sequined cheetah blazer. And Jerry Lawler's in his 70s, mind you. So. What, what Jerry Lawler are you familiar with? <laughs> Have you know, ever seen Jerry dress so up he, as either in his wrestling gear or Wayne Newton at a rave? This was a little extra. This was like even more. The, like generally, for a while, he was wearing the epaulets like king uniform for many years. And then he started to go a little like for a while he was wearing Ed Hardy shirts, which was, which was just bonkers. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah he was, wasn't he? <laughs> Yeah, like Ed Hardy in Affliction. It's like, oh, Jerry, what are you doing? That. He was wearing Ed Hardy. That is weird. The funny thing is, if you, like, if you look at pictures of selfies Jerry takes, so Jerry has a bar down on Beale Street in uh, uh, Memphis. And right? by the is way, that, do, is isn't Street? he a teetotaler? Doesn't he not drink? Yeah, I know. No, he doesn't <laughs> drink. And um, so if you're, ever, if you're ever in Memphis, Tennessee, check out uh, Jerry Lawler's uh, restaurant and bar. Art is a really great place. But in his pictures and his selfies, he does. He actually check him out. Look at Jerry's selfies. He looks like he's saying to you, "Is this shirt okay?" His <laughs> eyes look like he's asking you. I'm, this looks cool, right? If any uh, Tim Robinson, I think you should leave fans out there. Jerry is a massive uh, discount card member of uh, Dan Flash's. Let's put it that way. <laughs> He's he's the king of that store. He's got every time they get a shipment, uh, Jerry is there. But Veer takes he's going against the Mysterios uh, from the King's Court, which was nice to see again. Um, but I'm going to pose a question to you. Yeah. Okay. What like what if this becomes Veer's thing and he takes on father son duos? <laughs> and my next question is: From any walk of life, what father son duo do you want to see Veer? Go against Veer's here, and he's against a Father's Day is coming up. Who does Veer? What dad and son does Veer beat the crap out of? I was thinking um, when I thought of father son duos, I thought of Tom Hanks and Colin Hanks, and oh. who, who kind of reminds they remind me of Ray and and Dominic a little bit already. So I thought mm-hmm. they could. I would love to see them wrestle Veer. You know what though? It would be much better if we have Tom Hanks. And Chet Hanks and Veer just motions over to Tom and is like, I got it. And just kicks the shit out of Chet. <laughs> That's the move right there. Just right, right call, wrong Hanks. That's all. Get, just Chet mercilessly gets bodied by Veer. And then uh, Veer slips Tom like a, a hundred bucks. Like, I'm going to say uh, I want Veer against... Lonzo, Lamelo, and Lamar Ball. I want all three of them oh, in the ring. Well, it'll be the biggest that. match of all time. Oh, and then I want one of the I want Lamelo to say a racial slur again and have Vince go, "God damn it! Why do we have them back?" <laughs> do you remember that segment when it was like, "Okay, this is innocent enough. What could go wrong?" Oh my god! Did you remember that? Did you ever see that, Julie? No. I think it was Lamelo. I could be wrong. It might have been their younger brother. But yeah, the balls were on. Uh, when LeVar, remember the old days when LeVar Ball was our biggest problem? When that was like the biggest problem in the world was like, there's a dad who thinks his kids are good at basketball. We got to stop this. Now, he was given, like whenever he was given he's in ads, time I'm like, oh my God, I would, well, I would hug that man if he showed up as our top story again. Is anyway. the dress blue or is it gold? Yeah. I want them in it. Yeah, that's what I want them in. I want... Veer versus the balls oh. in a what color is the dress match? I mean, as far as wrestling goes, the only current semi-active uh, like father-son duos I can think for Veer is on the other channel is on AEW. You got um, you got the Gun Club, so you got uh-huh. Billy Gunn and his kid. Oh, and then uh, also you have Arn Anderson, who really can't go anymore because his neck is gone, but. Uh, you got Arn Anderson and his son, that. who looks exactly like Arn Anderson, but now. Like, he doesn't look like Arn Anderson from 30 years ago. He looks like Arn now. The we two of them, it's almost ta- impossible ta- to tell who's who. Taz and Hook, right? Oh, shit. Yeah, and Hook's, Hook's over. 
Hook's way over working with yep. Dan Housen. Man, I want I'm gonna I want Dan I want to talk to Dan Housen. Dan Housen's so like he seems I'm, like I've, fun. Dan Housen's won me over. His anyone uh, at Dan Housen on Twitter. It is the funniest. He's he's my favorite Twitter follow. I've come now. around on him. I I didn't know what to think at first, and I I enjoy him. He's partially because again I'm an old school horror fan, and he looks like every horror host ever. So he's I and I like he's funny. He's witty. His oh, voice so his voice cracks me up. I, I like him. Check out uh, there's a clip from after I believe it was Rampage went off the air, and uh, they were he was in the ring with um, William Regal, who's now in AEW. And uh, Dan Housen puts a curse on Regal. And I'm just going to leave it there. Just go find that video from AEW's official account. Uh, Mr. Regal is just the, he's so good. And ha- Dan Housen. So it's just, it's just joyous. It's just a fun thing to watch. Um, but yeah, I like the gun idea because then you do uh, arm versus ass. There you go. Because million dollar, it's, it's arm. You got it's arm versus ass. It's an arm versus ass match. Uh, so what does that mean exactly? You know what it means. <laughs> I never realized, by the way, one of the reasons Billy Gunn was a tag team wrestler for so many years, severe asthmatic could really, oh, really? Only go. Yeah, he could really only go for a few minutes at a time. So that's hmm. why he was on the tag circuit for so long. Eventually they figured it out and he was more of a singles guy. But yeah, he was a tag team wrestler because even looking like that, severe asthmatic. And, and I didn't and know that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Well, that's talking about and he's still wrestling, a, and he's almost sixty, and he looks the same. Yeah, Mr. Ass, love that guy, the Ass Man. Um, okay, now Julie, here's another segment that I I was surprised as I was messaging you. I heard the I heard the click clack click clack in our Slack thread, and I was like, "Well, Julie beat me to it." This Alexa Bliss backstage promo. Um, so I'll just say I'll just say what I noticed about it was. First of all, what are they doing with Alexa Bliss? Is it Alexa Bliss is back, but she's not evil anymore, but she still has the doll. I don't understand how she can be this character without the fiend. That it can it's confusing to yeah, me. Yeah, neither can neither can Bray, but I digress. Um <laughs> let's let's text the marketing department. They'll tell you. No, they also they got let go about a year ago. <laughs> Boy, I'll never forget. Um did you did you know not JR's and Jim Ross, but there was JR was a, a an employee in Stanford, Julie. Did you ever meet him? Did you ever get to meet him? He's worked in uh I believe branding and marketing. And I'll not, never forget not Jim Ross, got, right? No, that's no, okay. was, his real name, his full name is JR. Oh, okay. okay. And uh he was named to like one of the most influential marketing people in America, and Stephanie McMahon tweeted it out, and then they laid him off a week later. So when you talk about bringing it to the marketing department, I'm like, I, I don't know that. <laughs> like, I don't. Yeah. The marketing yeah. department's an algorithm now. Yeah, it is. It's a computer. Yeah. Shout I out mean, to that, Barry. That, correct me if I'm wrong, but that character with Alexa was born out of the world of the fiend, right? Yes. Yeah. But now she's back as regular Alexa, but still has a doll that talks to her and winks sometimes. Yeah. I, Tom remembers. I, just, I texted him. Yeah. I said, because you're on the West Coast, I, when, when they did that spot where the doll winked in the middle of a match, that's, that's when I went. I was like, man, God bless anyone within 10 miles of Jim Cornette watching this right now, because you're going to feel that. That blast is going to shake you out of bed like, like, like a meteor. I texted Tom, and I said, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but I just saw the dumbest thing I've ever seen in wrestling. And Tom it said, didn't disappoint. Know, and I said, I, and you guessed a bunch of things. And I said, you're nowhere near it. And when you see it and then you woke me up, I, my text, and like 2 a.m. And you went, oh, my God, the doll winking. And I went, yeah. What <laughs> went on? My goodness. Only a wrestling fan, by the way, could produce a laundry list of dumb things to rival the new dumbest thing. No, that's um, the worst. I'm sorry, yep. that's the worst. Mantar is not as bad. bad. Mantar looked cool coming to the ring, at least. Um, I was, I was, I was a young kid, so a mark, you know, paying customer, um, uh, in the wrestling world. So any comebacks like the Warrior and stuff, I went on for all these things that, in retrospect, maybe didn't work out the way they should have. But when that doll winked, and then the reaction, like 
that's when I was like, there are a lot of burner accounts. Because when I saw these positive tweets about it later in the night, I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, we didn't change our mind on that. Maybe and there Tony is a Khan agrees. But anyway, in this promo <laughs> last night, uh, so Alexa's back, and she says in the promo, I'm going to go against Nikki A.S.H., who dresses up as a superhero. Well, none of this makes sense now that you think about it. She, she said that. that. She said yeah. that. And I'm like, wow. Like, that's almost like, you know, to go back I to our other world, that's like that if the host of the show says, these jokes are bad, aren't they? It's just yeah. like, jeez. All right, just I, ha- like, I have another theory, but I'm going to do something. Awesome uh, theory? Because I think it's an important thing. Show. No, no, he wasn't on the show. Um, mm. I think it's important to admit when you're wrong. And a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Alexa Bliss, and this is going to be a mea culpa on my part. This is totally my bad. Uh, so we were talking about her, and I mentioned her significant weight loss. And my wife listened to the episode, and shout out to my wife, Andrea. She listened to the episode and was like, what are you doing? She and doesn't I'm like, listen well, to this I was, I was, <laughs> she listens she to the parts where she, she can yell at me. She was in the room when you were recording it. No, she's, she's at work. Um, she, uh, she's like, what are you doing commenting on a woman's appearance like that? I'm like, I was commenting out of concern. She's like, you didn't say that. You just said that she was, she looked like she had lost a lot of weight and you didn't give it any context. I'm like, but it's out of concern. She's like, then say that. So when she's returned to the WWE, she came back significantly smaller. And when I see that just as being someone who lives in Los Angeles and is in the entertainment business and watches shrinking women and is always terrified for them. I was, I, that was where I it was coming from. And I feel shitty that I did it. So my bad. And that I want to present that first because the segment, there's only one way it can go right. And this is the way that I hope it goes is that line that she said that that line that seems like it's, it's making fun of everything is a sign that this is some kind of, this is, this is her gimmick, almost like the Ezekiel thing. But mm. the problem is like with Ezekiel, it has to go somewhere. Yeah. And the Ezekiel, unfortunately, as good as all like the, 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 it's the stuff they're doing online is better than the stuff they're doing on the show for Ezekiel. It's not getting over because it's, it's stalled. It's like slowing down and there has to be some point where there's a reveal. And with Alexa, I think she's kind of teasing that this isn't my character. This is just me. It, it almost feels like a troll. But if it's not that, if this is really her, first of all, she, she comes out to great new music. Again, we, we talk about packaging and presentation all the time. New music's awesome. And Alexa Bliss is a better actress than the Alexa Bliss we got during that promo. That was just foul. It was, you could tell that there, if there I mean, the, the cue card reading was like as obvious as a road flare. And she flubbed a line, and I'm not going to get on her for that because we're human. That happens. But there was, it was specifically like her, her line of sight was dead on with whoever was holding the card. So she was legitimately reading. Uh, and it came off that way. There's something missing with her right now. Because then in the match, doesn't it look like, like her movements aren't crisp? And I don't know whether it's the long layoff from the ring. I don't know what it's, but there's something about her overall presentation that either feels like she's trolling us or she doesn't give a shit. I totally hope that it's the former, not the latter, but it's, it's one or the other. And if she's trolling us, bravo, because if it leads anywhere, that's going to be really good. I will say, though, Tommy, one thing that I will mention in my time working at WWE, uh, not once did I ever see them use cue cards. Really? They were given a script and told to memorize it very, very quickly. Um, hmm. I, I, John, that might be different for Firefly Funhouse. I never worked on Firefly Funhouse, so I don't know if they use. I, I have never. I did mostly most of my time at WWE is mostly doing backstage stuff. Um, I think, no, we had a prompter for Funhouse, oh, but did. Bray would do a lot of, I mean, I only did, I was only involved in two, um, and there was only one I directed, and that involved me typing into the teleprompter, changes Bray wanted from mm. take to take, so it was 
prompter, but it was Bray, you know, dictating. This is what I want to say. This is, you know, let's do it again. I want to say this instead. So it was more like just making notes for yourself. And then Bray would, you know, do something even cooler in the take, like speak with a French accent or something out of nowhere. But if you want to not see the Firefly Funhouse, but continue to see uh, if Alexa and Nikki have uh, something cool coming down the way, tune in to Monday Night Raw. Uh, Monday nights at 8 on USA and Friday night Smackdown Friday nights at 8 on Fox and this has been the Raw Recap Raw Recap This episode of Turnbuckles is brought to you by Factor As the weather gets warmer, Factor can help you spend less time at home in the kitchen and more time enjoying the springtime with no cooking, grocery shopping, or dishes plus the perfect health conscious grab and go add-ons like smoothies and juices Luckily, I don't have to meal plan or prep, and I can still eat well now that I leave my meals to Factor. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor now offers 30 meals per week, where you can choose from a variety of new meals every week. On top of that, Factor gives you the option to change it up and select any plan size between 4 to 18 meals per week. Busy schedule for both lunch and dinner? No worries. Add an extra two, three, or even four meals to your order. This summer, after 10 years away, I am finally heading back to the gym and working out, and my chubby butt needs a few extra minutes to come home and settle in, and sometimes having a few extra minutes to be able to make a quick meal with Factor really helps. Factor makes it easy for me to eat clean 24-7 with fresh, never-frozen, prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. I highly recommend the Tropical Fruit Smoothie. Head to go.factor75.com slash turnbuckles120 and use code turnbuckles120 to get $120 off. That's code turnbuckles120 at go.factor75.com slash turnbuckles120 for $120 off. I thought I knew my dad better than anyone, but one day we were talking and I heard a story I'd never heard before. And that got me wondering, how many other stories don't I know? That's why I got my family StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your dad or father figure connect through sharing stories and memories and preserves them for years to come. After one year, StoryWorth compiles all those questions and stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book the whole family can share for generations. I gotta say, my instance was, turns out my dad, friends with a bunch of the pilots from the original Top Gun which I had no idea until I was like in my 20s. So now with Top Gun Mavericks out, I'm going to be watching it saying, do I recognize any of these guys that I may have met at barbecues along the way? My dad was a pilot. I should explain that, by the way. He wasn't just hanging out on the set of Top Gun. Anyway, give all the fathers in your life a meaningful gift you can both cherish for years to come. Story worth. Right now, for a limited time, you can save $10 on your first purchase. When you go to storyworth.com slash turnbuckles, that's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash turnbuckles to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash turnbuckles. Okay, so the two big stories really in the WWE world that everyone's talking about, and uh, boy, rough week last week, and it really does seem like when it rains, it pours sometimes. Uh, First of all, Stephanie McMahon is taking what's being uh, dubbed a leave of absence from the WWE. Um, Other than leaving, um, you know, when um, she had her children, Stephanie's been uh, involved constantly uh, the WWE since um, about 1999, about the same time I came back and started watching in the 90s. And um, this feels like kind of came out of nowhere, but it also was something that we'd wondered if might it might happen. And, you know, when I first saw it, I was afraid that perhaps Triple H, uh, Stephanie's husband in real life, um, his health was maybe... Um, not so good again, but it sounds like he's back in the office and then there have been other things coming out. There were some, uh, the hearsay and scuttlebutt that, uh, there's more to it, which of course there's going to be, there's always going to be office gossip and celebrity gossip and stuff like that. But uh, evidently what people noted, um, was that Stephanie McMahon has 
deleted a lot of her WWE references and achievements from her LinkedIn page. Huh. I believe it was Wade Keller from The Torch that reported that. And then I said, uh-oh. That's, I got that same feeling like when we realized that Naomi and Sasha was not a work. So, first thing I want to say is, um, I think I've known Stephanie McMahon from the Fallon days, so for probably about five or six years, and worked with her more at Fallon, uh, because she's the brand, you know, ambassador, and, and the, the chief branding officer, and so that was, you know, the more we crossed paths. I like Stephanie a lot, uh, one of my favorite people I met from that company, and I love Triple H. Um, and um, this really bummed me out to hear that Stephanie was gone. And I don't know, I want to get your reactions to this. Uh, I'm just going to say, because I don't know the human being, uh, I've never met Stephanie McMahon. Though well, we guys, were at a party, uh, a BU party a many, many, yeah, well, we were at a, Bay, a BU party many years ago, but never, didn't <laughs> interact. We did not speak. Uh, and uh, that was normal at the time as to I didn't have a social life whatsoever and just kind of noticed her out of the corner of my eye Man, at yeah. the same party. <laughs> well, you're but, with uh, a judge, so it all worked out. True. Um, I'm glad you made, glad you made use of your, your second opportunity. Well, Stephanie McMahon, the performer, always been a fan, uh, super intense. Um, and as a person, all I can evaluate her on is what I've seen as far as her charitable initiatives, uh, the women's revolution, Everything that Stephanie does as far as being the public face of the company is golden. I mean, I think she's a tremendous executive and she seems genuine. And I know a lot of that is, you know, you got to put on your, put on your best face for the company, but it's a face I enjoy. She's somebody that I think always does. She, she, I don't think anyone has ever represented the company better than Stephanie. And as far as the women's revolution goes, I mean, I've been waiting for that for years and hoping for that for years. And it almost happened in the early 2000s because the, the women's wrestling got better. Then there was the Diva, Divas era, which it got significantly worse. And now we have what we have where women's wrestling is headlining Monday Night Raw. And it, two weeks in a row, that's, that was unheard of a few years ago. And I don't think without Stephanie's help, it could happen. So I, as far as what I've, what I've seen and what I can evaluate from her performance as both an on-screen performer and an executive. She's wonderful, and it's a huge loss. And I, as far as speculation, I don't want to do it. When, when I see someone says they want to spend time with their family, for me, that's okay. Oh, that's, sure. yeah, you don't yeah, need any further excuses. That's it. Totally her business, but I think it's a huge loss, and I hope that she comes back to the company when she's ready. I, I just feel that the, the absence there, and if, they're, if they think that's okay to not have her there, I, I think it's a big loss, and I hope that they... Uh, I hope that's not the end, but you know what? Um, Stephanie McMahon could go do a million things in this yeah. world. And uh, there are a lot of places that need her. Hello, Major League Baseball. Uh, that could really use someone like Stephanie McMahon uh, to come in and say, let's try things a little bit differently. But man, unfortunate, really bad timing uh, because it happens just, I think, two or three days after the whole controversy with Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I did. Another cringeworthy moment. The was, optics are terrible. And that's one of the first things that I texted you guys was, do you think this is connected? Do you think that Stephanie leaving and the Sasha and Naomi situation, is that connected at all? And even if it's not, man, are those optics bad? It just, it feels bad. Yeah. And famously, and he's talked about this, Stephanie McMahon fired Bruce Pritchard back in 2008. And she was the one that made the call and fired him both in person and followed up on the phone. Well, who's the number two most popular, or I mean, powerful person in creative in WWE right now, Bruce Pritchard. Now, um, so when you see that he's head of TV and you see that there was a, a big uh, disagreement between Sasha Banks and Naomi with creative, you could assume, I mean, Bruce must be involved. If he's there, I mean, he's the head of TV with John Laurinaitis. And so, yeah, it could be one of those things where um, it sure seems like they're not siding with, they're definitely not siding with Sasha and Naomi, which we're going to get to in a second. And then Stephanie walks out two days later and takes her leave, which again, to spend more time with her family, 
But um, yeah, that could be a good, that's a fair question to bring up because again, there is, as Vince used to say, and Julia, you remember in our meetings, when we would talk about longstanding programs or old uh, feuds or whatever, connective tissue, that was the term he would use. And there is that connective tissue where Bruce Pritchard and Stephanie McMahon, there's a history there of not being on the same page. And uh, I will say when I was in Stanford, I never saw them interact or work on anything together. So um, it could very well be. And um, but who knows? It could very well not be, too. And it, it probably isn't. Uh, I, I'm just going to say that Stephanie McMahon has had the world on her shoulders for the past two and a half years between a husband and failing health and um, also trying to get a company through a pandemic and having to go do an interview every day on all these other podcasts and TV shows and having to get on the notes call with USA every week. So man, and having no, three no daughters one, and she got three kids. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, it's like, I I'm trying to take the positive, the positive optimistic outlook that it's someone's just like, man, I'm about to kill over. And I will tell you from experience and you too know this, that I am the spokesman for when your body's telling you, I got to shut things down for, you got to shut things down. But, um, speaking of things that, uh, seem to shut down right now. Segways uh, is the relationship between a WWE and Sasha and Naomi. Definitely not a work. Definitely real, real life stuff. And boy, that statement, uh, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to summarize it. People can go on YouTube and look it up. But the one that Michael Cole delivered, and we know I emphasize the word delivered because you can very clearly see Michael Cole's wearing headsets during those broadcasts. Boy, that did not come across all that great and i'm gonna hand it over to you two guys because i know you've been aching to talk about this and uh, i'm just gonna say that pat mcafee's reaction yeah let's uh, talk about on that. twitter there's an isolated angle on pat hearing it hearing for the first time the statement about his co-worker sasha and naomi and i just someone needs to edit in the curb music to that because <laughs> i'm pat because i was the same way he was at all of us listening to this going what the hell did you think so i'm gonna Turn over to you guys. I'm just going to say I'm with Pat, and I'll, I'll let you guys take it away from here. I'm going to cede to Julie, because I, when I get rolling, it's going to be ugly. So, okay. And, and Julie, I will cede to you because you have firsthand experience in the company, and I'm interested in your take. Yeah. I, you know, I, it, having worked at WWE, I'm really grateful for the opportunity that I got to write for Monday Night Raw. Um, that said, a lot of what is being revealed in unconfirmed reports does resonate with me. Um, and ultimately, I really admire Naomi having Sasha's back and vice versa in the entire situation because it is not easy, especially when it is your job. Having been labeled difficult and having an attitude and sensitive, I, I respect the decision that they yeah, made. And I, and yeah, and uh, I co-sign that too. Well, the difficult label, whenever it's in reference to a woman, should always be held in the most air quotes possible, in the hardest air quotes you can throw, because it's almost always bullshit. Um, so a couple weeks ago, CM Punk, who I love, and I'm sad sometimes that we can't talk about him as much because he's on the other show, uh, but CM Punk had a bit of a, a tiff online with someone and uh, made a comment about, quote unquote, old head ego podcasts. And this was the week I decided to delete two of those podcasts from my phone and to stop listening to them because they've brought me joy and they no longer do that. Um, there is a certain WWE as a company has to decide very soon without hurting themselves. Are they a carnival or are they a corporation? Okay. Are they going to stick to the old timey carny bullshit? Or are they going to actually move forward with society? And unfortunately, there are a large amount of people in upper management that got to go. I'm sorry. Just, they just have to go. Anybody, first of all, any company that encourages like hazing or uh, going to dirt sheets and, and talking about people's attitudes and talking about people's work ethic. And by the way, I think almost every single thing leaked to the dirt sheets are leaked by the same person. Okay, because they all read the same, even even within different stories about Sasha and Naomi being leaked to the dirt sheets. They all sound like they're leaked by the same exact voice. So I'm going to guess who it is. I'm not going to say who it is, but Can I know. Give us a hand. Is. 
Yeah, uh, one of the old head ego podcasts that I deleted from my phone. So the company has to decide whether they're going to be a car. Are they competing with Disney? Are they competing with CBS, NBC, or are they competing with Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, which is out of business? They have to get out of the carny mindset. And the only way you do that is to get rid of the carnies. There's no reason for what happened. Okay. Sasha Banks. And Naomi, it seems like Naomi, in solidarity, left with Sasha over creative. All right. If two stars in the company, and by the way, two stars of the magnitude of Sasha and Naomi, all right, Naomi's been a woman's champion, Sasha's been a woman's champion, you can't tell me that two years ago, Sasha Banks is in one of the most momentous WrestleMania matches of all time with Bianca Belair, puts Bianca Belair over, gets Bianca Belair to superstardom because she's a superstar. You can't tell me that that match now doesn't matter and that Sasha's just another person who you can let walk out the door because she disagreed with creative. That's a bunch of horse shit, bullshit, pig shit, whatever shit you want to shovel from the barnyard. That's what it is, all right? There are plenty of people that disagree with creative. Over the years, famously backstage, people have disagreed with creative. All right. There, I don't think Sasha is even the most disagreeable person in the women's division, Julia, let alone in the whole company. Two different, two different male superstars who left, who switched shows because they disagreed so much about the creative. So if you have a creative disagreement backstage before a show, and it's someone who has tenure with the company, someone who has a, a championship on their waist, someone you have trusted in main events before, fucking fix it. Fix it. You can do that, but instead mm-hmm. you decide to let them walk and you decide to go talk to the dirt sheets and put their name out there in a bad light and think that we're this. This is so tiresome being a wrestling fan who they want to cajole us and they want to make us feel good about ourselves. They always say, oh, wrestling fans are so smart. We're so smart. If we're not smart enough to see this, then you don't think we're that smart. You think we're stupid. You think we're going to buy this. And I'm not buying this at all. And I can't stand what's happening because as far as the racial component of it, it's there. You can't ignore it. But if you want to ignore it and just say there are two other performers on the bill, you can't. Their their particular accolades within WWE are exceptional. They've put in great work. Sasha Banks was in The Mandalorian. You can't get bigger than being in Star Wars, for Christ's sake. So she's not just another person that you can say has an attitude problem and let yeah, them walk. I don't walk. see them doing that with The Rock or Dave Bautista. So oh, they have an attitude problem. You know? It's infuriating to see yeah. what's happened with this and the fact that they're doubling down and doubling down and doing it on their own programming and being unprofessional. They want to talk about unprofessional. They're, they're being unprofessional on their own airwaves and looking worse by the second. Fix this. If they can't fix this, they're going to look worse and worse. And by the way, these are two black women who have achieved a lot, who the fans love, who they've put a lot of equity into. And there are other women on the roster who haven't done a quarter of that, who are still there for some reason. And they're not over with the crowd and they're not doing particularly good work. I don't want to single out women in general, but there are performers that have been there forever who don't do jack shit for the company. And they're still there. And Sasha and Naomi aren't. Fix it, WWE. You're the only ones who can fix this because otherwise Sasha's going to Hollywood, Naomi's going to AEW, and we all live to see another day. But the company looks worse. And I don't know what it is this week about billionaires who want to completely destroy their companies before they sell, uh, but it, it it's ugly and it's wrong and it's got to stop. And the carnies got to go. There's no place for it in the modern structure. No place for it in modern corporate culture and no place for it when you're trying to have a women's revolution. You're trying to have women's main event matches on your biggest program. And then you do bullshit like this. It's just beyond the pale. And if you want to see if Naomi goes to AEW and maybe gets followed by a couple other people that maybe just uh, departed last week. And boy, wouldn't that be interesting? AEW Dynamite airs Wednesday nights at eight on TBS. AEW Rampage, Friday nights at 10 on TNT. Double check the uh, your local listings because the NBA playoffs. Uh, Celtics going all the way this year. Um, and shout out to Stephanie McMahon, big Celtics fan too. Um, well, that about does it for the show. Thank you for and, listening. Um, 
Hopefully next week we'll, we'll get ourselves a little bit more amped up, get angry about something. I hope the Celtics play as angry as I was this episode. Same here. For the man. rest of the playoffs. Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah. It was. It, you should subscribe and give us five stars and a nice review. <laughs> we, might, <Yeah. laughs> we might get some interest. <laughs> Please one, give yeah. us. This is the week we need a few five stars. Yeah, folks. The, I pas- always, the passion. We is know real. these couple, and Julie and I know who they're going to be. Who, are, who, if they hear about this, are going to give us one. So, give us a couple fives to even yeah. that out. Yeah. Uh, if if you wouldn't mind. But thank you again for listening, everybody. And, and once again, let the writers dress like writers. See ya, buckleheads. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.